Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. I'm Michelle Martin. It is Thursday, the 11th of March. Your snapshot of what's moving markets this morning in minutes. Asia Pacific markets are trading mixed this morning despite a relatively strong finish on Wall Street overnight. Seoul is up a bit less than 1%. Tech shares like Samsung and SK Hynix are leading the way there. Blue chips in Tokyo are flat though and Sydney is in negative territory. So what's driving market action? I discuss this now with Ryan Huang. Good Thursday morning, Ryan. Morning, Michelle. Happy Thursday. And to you. We begin this morning in the United States, where the Dow Jones Industrial Average closed above 32,000 for the first time in its history. The blue chip index jumped 1.5% to reach its new record high. There are two major news items that contributed to the rise. One is surprise, the other not so much. Now, the first, which may be surprising to some, is that inflation in the U.S. is rising less than expected. The second is that the U.S. House of Representatives Representatives has passed U.S. President Joe Biden's 1.9 trillion U.S. dollar stimulus package. The bill now heads to the White House for President Biden's signature. So let's start with inflation, Brian. For the past two months, markets have been rocked by inflation anxiety. This has fueled a rise in bond yields and days of sharp selling in the stock markets. So what do the latest price numbers, pretty tame numbers, tell us? That's right. So we've seen bond yields hit 30-month highs of around 1.62% in the past week. And now looking at the bond yields for the 10-year bonds, it's settled somewhat around 1.5%. So or rather 1.52%. So that is the picture around bond yields going up and down and now settling. And it's settling now off the back of a couple of things. You've got the inflation numbers coming through rather tame, like you pointed out. That is with the latest data showing that the CPI, the Consumer Price Index, increased 0.4% last month after rising 0.3% in January. So no shocks there, pretty much widely expected. So no runaway inflation or spike in inflation there. So that is also being seen in the CPI, looking at a 1.7% rise for February. And this is for a on-year basis. So that is also showing pretty much in line with expectations. So looking at inflation, that is not a concern as much as it was before the numbers came out. So that is helping to settle or soothe some of the jitters right now. Now that the Democrats have passed Biden's administration's fiscal stimulus bill, it will not be long before many Americans receive that $1,400 check. It probably won't be too long as well before the Biden administration puts a large infrastructure bill before U.S. Congress. So, Ryan, is it fair to say that the inflation conversation that has dominated markets so far this year is not going to be going away anytime soon. Yeah, I guess that's what happens when you don't have Donald Trump in office anymore. You have to find something else to talk about, (laughs) and it's inflation. And this is now with the stimulus package going through the pipeline. You've got it now passed by the House. It goes to the desk of Joe Biden to be signed, expected later this week. Mm. So with that package, on top of the earlier December $900 billion package, all that is expected to feed into inflation by means of more spending by means of higher prices. So the question out there that not everyone can agree on in terms of the answer is how much and how fast. And the 
theoretical thing, the approach to how this works is how when you're spending, prices go up, there will mean more inflation. But some camp, some people in some camps think it's just going to be transitory. That mm-hmm. includes the Fed Chair Jerome Powell. He thinks any rise in price pressures will just be a short burst and it'll just go back to a normal tra- trajectory. So you've got another camp who are worried that looking at some of the indicators, for example, some of the latest jobs numbers indicating faster than expected recovery, that maybe, hey, we don't actually need so much stimulus. And that could be a problem if it overheats the economy too fast. And if you look at some indicators of the other parts of the jobs market, you've got at least 18 million Americans still on unemployment benefits, millions of Americans still jobless. So that means you still have some slack in the economy that you need to pick up. So you've got a lot of indicators to work with. So it really depends how you read the numbers. Indeed. Now, while the Dow hit a record high overnight, the Nasdaq finished flat. The tech-heavy index is actually still in correction territory after having fallen 10% from its February peak. Now, this is the first time in more than 20 years that we've seen this happen. The Dow in record territory and the Nasdaq in a correction. The last time was when the dot-com bubble burst back in 1999. So, Ryan, Two questions for you. First, why do you think stocks are driving the Dow higher? And second, why the disconnect between tech counters and the rest of the market? So this is really reflective of the theme we've been talking about, sector rotation into value stocks, into cyclical stocks, stocks that will benefit from the economy recovering. That is why we are seeing the Dow push up higher. And overnight, this includes the likes of Boeing, the plane maker, up nearly 6.4%. Rockstar chain Walgreens Boots Alliance up 4.3%. And home improvement chain Home Depot was up around 1.1%. So the likes of these companies will likely see some increase in business as people start to go back into the streets, go back to buy more stuff, just going about business as usual. So that is a beneficiary that will see... Uh, movement in stock prices upwards. On the other hand, you've got tech stocks already benefiting from that rally in 2020, maybe losing steam. People thinking, hey, with rates, interest rates expected to go up sooner rather than later, maybe now is the time to take profit. And also, it will be harder for these growth stocks to borrow in terms of borrowing costs. So that is something to consider when you look at value upside. What is going to be giving you more value? So that's why you are looking at the likes of banks and energy among the top gainers. Mm-hmm. And if you look just look at just energy, the S&P 500 energy sector was up 2.6% overnight. Year-to-date gains is up nearly 40%. So wow. it is... A reversal of fortunes 2021 Mm. versus 2020. Let's segue now to a company that we talked about on this program yesterday, and that is Roblox. Now, Roblox is an online gaming platform that makes it really easy for users to create and even monetize our own games. So Roblox went public overnight. First question, Ryan, have you ever tried Roblox? I am going to try it, actually. I've seen it, (laughs) but I have not tried it yet. So when I... Get off the show. I'm going to try it. Right? Oh, great. So Roblox really appears to have one of a kids. 31 million people use the app on a daily basis. Ryan, let's find out. How, how is the company's IPO received by investors? Yeah, it's fascinating. 31 million users. That is a huge base. And if you think about how it works, it's quite engaging. And that means you will use it for a lot of time, many times. You pretty much move around 
Lego-like avatars and you learn coding. So it's very addictive in that sense. So there is a lot of repeat usage. And this is right off the back of 2020 where we had people staying at home with a lot of time, pretty much a captive audience. So Roblox benefited from that and now that is seeing it translate into upside on Wall Street. Its public debut is a direct listing, mm-hmm. was a blockbuster, 54% higher than its reference price of $45. So it's closing at $69.50. So that means its valuation is around $40 billion. So very reflective of how gaming platforms are now the flavor of the year. Yeah, and the place to be, people are staging concerts on Roblox, even birthday parties on Roblox. I'm definitely going to check it out myself. Now, in other corporate news, two high-profile companies, one that is headquartered here in Singapore, another that is based in New York. Well, they're reportedly considering backdoor listings via SPACs. SPACs, you might recall, are the black check companies. Black check companies. They're so popular this past year. So the two companies that might might be taking this route to a listing are Grab and BuzzFeed. So give us a primer. Remind us exactly what a SPAC is and why a company would prefer to take this route to a listing. Yeah, so here's a quick recap or rundown of what a SPAC is. A special purpose acquisition company. So essentially a shell company that doesn't do anything, doesn't sell anything, doesn't have any assets apart from the cash that it raises from investors. So with the money it raises, it will then try to look for a target to buy. For example, if it's a media-focused spec, it will try to look for a company that is operating in that space, a newspaper, an internet giant, something that is not listed yet. So it will then then buy up the company and that will speed up the process of getting listed because it's already listed. So the spec after raising money will get listed and then take some time, maybe two years, to find a target company. So it's a bit of a shortcut to getting on a public exchange. And this is why it's seeing so much interest right now. Also, it cuts away a lot of the paperwork and in in that sense, fees. So you do have that cost savings as well. And also worth noting, a Mm -hmm. lot of celebrities, a lot of big name business people, investors, Mm -hmm. are going into this space. And One reason is because a spec is pretty much a blank check. That's why it's called blank check company. And you need these strong names with a track record or some popularity to be associated with these companies. Otherwise, people won't sign up. Won't sign up. So it's all part of the marketing. So you have to be very mindful of why these people are on board, Mm. if they were paid any, or what they were paid, or why they are there. Because there's this risk as well that people are just being paid to be associated with the spec for no reason apart from marketing. So that is actually one reason why the SEC, the market regulator in the US, overnight came out to warn warn investors, don't get carried away from the celebrity endorsements. Mm -mm -mm, Because the returns are, you know, unfounded as yet. They're so new. Grab and BuzzFeed are both looking at US listings via SPACs. What is the latest? Okay, first on Grab, you've got it in talks reportedly, to explore a merger with a SPAC. And this is for a US listing. So that is interesting uh, because Grab has been for some time in the conversation in the markets that it's trying to get publicly listed. And this has been going on for many years. And the latest we've got in the report is JP Morgan Chase and Morgan Stanley, who have been already advising on Grab on a an IPO. Mm-hmm. They are now looking at 
a SPAC. So still in discussion, so not ruling out the usual IPO, but it seems like there is now more appetite for a listing now when you look at all the SPAC listings happening. And if you look at BuzzFeed, that is a big social media company, but this is a bit of interesting timing because in the past year, BuzzFeed has actually been laying off people because of the pandemic Mm -hmm. and also losing revenue from advertising. So the latest we've got is BuzzFeed is set to go public through a merger with a spec called 895th Avenue Partners. So that is the latest we have around that. And I guess worth pointing out why it's called 895th Avenue is named after a fictional Avengers mansion. So in that movie, there is a mansion with that address. <laughs> one for the fans. All right, one more industry story before we get to local markets. He's Ryan Huang. I'm Michelle Martin. Thanks for joining us here on Your Money. Australia is going to give its aviation industry a big shot in the arm. The Australian government has pledged to subsidize 800,000 half-price air tickets. So, Ryan... Do you think this is going to give a boost to aviation shares down under? <laughs> well, if someone's paying for a ticket half price, why not, right? <laughs> so that is the latest we are getting from Australia in its bid to help revive the, the aviation industry and the tourism industry. So it will be coughing up around $920 million all in just to support this scheme that will run from April to July. So discounted fares for... Domestic tourism, so Qantas among the beneficiaries, and you have to remember, Qantas had to cut a lot of jobs, nearly 8,500 jobs. They also lost a lot of revenue in the past year, around $11 billion. So this will at least go some way to helping revive its fortunes. Its share price right now, I'm looking at it up by 1%. And the other one that could be worth tracking down under is this travel firm called Webjet. Earlier on in the morning, we've seen it push up higher. And right now, I'm looking at it in the green by 3.1%. So initial reactions are positive so far to Mm. the injection from the government. All right, let's check in on local stocks right now at 19 minutes past nine on the clock this morning. One of the best performing stocks yesterday was the Franken Group. That following a report from DBS Research that says semiconductor stocks may be due for a rebound. So while Franken rose 2%, other blue chips fell as the SDI gave back some of its recent gains. The SDI fell nearly 1% to 3079. How's the SDI doing this morning? Yeah, quick look across the STI in what is a very mixed picture across Asia. We've got it in the green by 0.5%. So rebounding from yesterday's loss, which snapped a two-day winning streak. So we are back in the green. 3,096 is very close to a one-year high. So pushing new one-year highs. So you've got it now. We talked about Franken. One of the top gainers yesterday, continuing to push up higher, extending gains now in the green by 2.3%. Yesterday, it was up by 2.4% and latest price, 132. And if you look at the other stocks worth tracking, if you look at what's happening with Yang Zhijiang, that was one of the top performers for the STI yesterday. So if you look at what's happening for Yang Zhijiang shipbuilding, it is also extending gains, 1.7% up. Yesterday, it was up 4.6%. And a quick look at the banks. The banks were among the losers. DBS was at the bottom of the table yesterday, down 3.5%. And a quick look at DBS right now. It's back up slightly 
Recovering some of those losses, it's in the green by 1.3% at $28.19. OCBC also recovering slightly in the green by 0.4%. And UOB also back slightly up by 0.1%. So, so far, so good for the STR. All right. Well, have a wonderful Thursday, Ryan. He's Ryan Huang. I'm Michelle Martin. Stay with me here on Your Money. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.